Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Coming to you live from our Elliott Avenue studios of Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. It's time for our weekly conversation with former Mariners All-Star Brett Boone. Brought to you by Venue Kings. Visit VenueKings.com for all your ticket needs. Now with Booney, here's Softy and Dick. You know, I'm just thinking about all the parents out there who go home every day and say to themselves, you know what, my kid hates my guts. Well, here's a way to make up to him. Buy him a pair of tickets to the All-Star Game. $299 gets you in the door at the All-Star Game. The home run derby the night before under $300. Take your kid, take your son, your daughter, your friends, your family, take them all to the All-Star Game. Buy tickets at VenueKings.com. Use code SOFTY at checkout for a discount. Here he is, a guy who played in the All-Star Game the last time he was in Seattle. Right. He was also in the Home Run Derby, but we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. Our friend Brett Boone is with us on the air, courtesy of VenueKings.com. Boney, how are you, man? What's going on, Soft? Did, did I hear correctly that Lee Hacksaw Hamilton graced your studio today? He was on the air with us at 4 o'clock via the phone. How about that? He is a classic. <laughs> San Diego, he's a legend. He is. Lee Hacksaw, where are you on a Tuesday? That's right. I listened to him growing up. Well, he, uh, right. he did I the, thought I heard that right. He, he did the Seahawks for two years in 98 and 99, and then uh, he was out the door. So he was our local yokel legend for the day. But, dude, let's first of all go back to last night and talk about Luis Castillo. Um, six walks, ties a career high for him. We're not used to seeing this out of Luis, and Dick is right. The overall numbers are fine, but he's kind of hit a little bit of a bump on the road the last maybe few weeks. Uh, what's happening with Luis Castillo, dude? Well, you know, I'm just I'm watching this this whole staff up and there's just no consistency. You know, it's like Gilbert's getting hit and around a little bit, then he'll pitch a, a gem. Kirby, same thing. He had he had uh, back-to-back tough outings. Last time out, he gives up no runs, six innings. It was good to see Miller bounce back. We talked about that last week. He had two really bad outings in a row after that kind of historic start. He 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 went out last time and, and made that adjustment. I don't know if it's something to worry about with Castillo. I mean, he went out last night. What did, what did he go? Six innings, gave up three to the Angels. Angels are hot. Angels are hot. That That's the problem. That division that division is going to be tough, but I, I wouldn't worry about Castillo long term. His numbers are going to fall where they fall. And, yeah, you, you see the walks last night. I don't look at it as a big deal. Bump in the road. Do teams exhale offensively sometimes when, you know, we saw it with Felix Hernandez for a decade. It seems like they could never score any runs for the guy. And now Luis Castillo, he's a below 500. The Mariners are below 500 in Luis Castillo's Mariner career because they're not giving him any offense. Do they exhale a little bit and say, ah, oh, he's got he's got it taken care of. We don't need to score many runs. No, but I'll tell you, it works the other way from an offensive standpoint. Once you there's a guy, it seems like always one guy where you don't score for him, and it starts to become a mental thing team wise offensively because it's like all right, so and so's pitching tonight, whoever maybe he's been pitching his butt off for us. We're not scoring any runs, so we really got to score some runs tonight. 
and it ends up snowballing and all of a sudden it becomes a mental block. Like, you know, we're trying too hard instead of just going out with a, with a game plan that we do as professionals every night, it starts to get it into your head a little bit and you start feeling bad offensively. Like I've really got to do something extra. And if nobody else is going to, I really got to do it. Usually you end up going backwards, but it, I've been on a lot of teams and it seems like, you know, certain years, certain guys, and usually they're having great years from a number standpoint on the mound yeah it's just we can't we you know and you don't even want to look them in the eye after the game it's like way to go you you, you gave us eight you gave up one you're not even to get the win because it's one to one you know so it, it seems like there's always a guy on a team uh and and right now you know that's castillo but it, that's something i don't think you know, Castillo's not worried about it. Usually the pitcher's not the one that's worried about it. He goes out and does his job. Usually offensively, you start to think about it when certain guys are on the mound. Yeah, well, Brett Boone's with us on the radio show. Uh, talk to me about Mike Ford. Uh, the only reason... Oh! Well, hang on a second. Uh-huh. Hang on a second. I gotta you... eat a little crow here. Well, well, it's only been nine games, all right? So got maybe... four, four homers, 24 ABs. I've right. been watching. He's got... The the DH spot has 10 bombs, and he's got four of them, for God's sakes. Okay, <laughs> so until further notice, Mike Ford starts every game, regardless of who's on the mound, at DH. Is that fair? Without with, without a doubt, you know, I, and I was I was being tough last week. I have nothing against Mike Ford. You know, I, I look at him just from a layman standpoint. I'm watching Mike Ford. He's got a really good approach. His numbers have been there up and down the minor leagues. It just seems like every time I've seen him, it seems like I see him every year on a different team, and I look at his numbers, and they're always the same. But uh, now he's on our team. I'm pulling for him. The DH role, uh, the DH spot for the Mariners, obviously has been a – been a been a tough spot this year I, i'm pulling for him as much as anybody to to kind of write that chip and and make that dh get get a little production yeah. out of it so 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 far so good for him you know well, so uh you mentioned it though, I, I'm, Booney. I'm in his corner yeah well we yeah. all are i mean obviously he plays for the mariners now and this is another example of how everybody looks better when they put on your favorite team's uniform because mike ford <laughs> played for four teams four of them four last year and now he's a Mariner. Yeah. So if he was not a Mariner, he was playing for the Reds. We think this guy stinks. He was on four teams a year ago. But is it possible, and why would it be possible, that at the age of 27 years old, Mike Ford may finally figure something out? Oh, it's always possible. And like I said, if you just take him, if you break him down, just if you're grading him, you're watching his at-bat in the big league. It's not like you say, this guy's overmatched, this guy's lost. He's got a really sound approach. He's got a really good eye, controls the strike zone. It's just the numbers have never been there. I'm, I'm not going to put it past him that one day it might not click for him. That, that is uh, definitely within the realm of possibility. Different times for different guys. Uh, we watched Kellenick for two years. He looks like a, you know, he's been scuffling a little bit lately, but he looks like a completely different person this year. It's that, it's that finally... I belong. I can play here. Ford's done it everywhere, but he's never hit over 200 anywhere he's gone at the big league level. That starts to weigh on you as a player because you do it in AAA, and yeah, that's great, and you and you walk around down there because you belong and you know you've you've earned that right. But until you do it at the big league level, it's something that as a player you're always trying to. And there's just a moment. I, I think the moment for Kellenick, since I used him as an example, he's a young player, different situation. But that moment came for Kellenick at Wrigley Field this year when he had that big series. I think the next day he walked to the ballpark as a big leaguer. And and it's all it's different for all of us. I had my moment midway in 
1993, everybody has their moment, and hopefully this is Ford's moment. You know, I think I think Ford just heard the Boone interview last week and just said, screw you, Boone. That's right. I'm going to go hit four home runs this week. <laughs> What's that guy ever and done? He, and he did. <laughs> and he did. Hey, he, played, he played for the Angels last year. I was talking to Phil Nevin. He, he, I think he hit a couple against the yeah. team, the Angels. Yeah, he yeah. did. You know, we had a, a Grand Slam rob from uh, Suarez yesterday. People are talking yeah, about that. The Marine layer, I mean, the, the Mariners could have easily put up like seven runs yesterday. How much talk is there about this park and its unfriendliness to hitters around the league, and how much do you think that impacts free agents signing here? Well, I'll tell you, back, way back, I'm talking 20 years ago when the, when the park was brand new, it played way bigger than it plays now. Yeah. I mean, the fences were back – Believe it or not, that left field line used to be a high wall. And I used to tell Dan Wilson all the time, hitting VP, I said, that is the farthest 330 feet in the history of the world. Because something about it, it's not what people don't understand. Well, a lot of people do understand. But just because the numbers on the fence, 386, 375, whatever it may be, that has nothing to do with the dynamic right. of the field. There's wind patterns. There's buildings in the background. There's Are, are you at sea level? Or are you below? Or are you above? That's, that's the real test. You know, I used to go to Yankee Stadium in the middle of the summer. It's 399 to left center. It played like 375. And I've been to places that say 375 and it plays 400. Safe, when it was Safeco and the fence, before they moved the fences in, and I think there were some buildings now downtown that weren't there, it was nobody wanted to play at Safeco Field. It was just big. I remember Kenny before I came over junior, and, and I remember Jay. We played an interleague game it was the Padres against the Mariners and I hit a ball to center field and and that thing you know normally I was thinking it was going to jump over the center I forget who was playing center that day jump over his head for a double it went right to him and Buner comes running off the field he goes good luck here and that was the big complaint <laughs> so I'll tell you it's it's uh I hate to 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 bash the field but that was kind of the the consensus amongst hitters when I came to Seattle I loved it and it seemed like I just I felt comfortable there. I didn't know what it was about Safeco Field that I loved, but I just always had success. And and when I hit the ball and I thought it was a homer, it usually was a homer. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, it does play big. It's not playing as big as it used to. I had a conversation with Mike Blowers a few years ago because Blow's been there since the late 90s watching, you know, game after game after game. I said, Blow, it seems like it's carrying a little bit better than it used to. And he said, yeah, Booney. Since they moved the fences in and there's some different building structures in the outfield, he said, I've noticed that the wind patterns are different and the ball gets out of here a little easier than it used to. But right. still going to be still going to be a, a pitcher's yard, but just not as much as it was 20 years ago. That was 10 years ago when they uh, moved in the fences. Uh, left field power alley came in, I think, as much as 17 feet, and they made the change because it was kind of – it was ridiculous, right? It was kind of out of control. But now I'm looking at guys. The Mariners are hitting at home 228, which is the second worst average in baseball, only behind the A's at their gigantic park of a stadium down there. But they're not much better on the road. They're hitting 231. So the fact that these guys are hitting 228 at home, honestly, how much of that is because of the park and how much of that is because the offense just isn't very good anyway? I've said this since the beginning. I think you've got guys on that team. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That do a lot of things well. They play defense. Uh, they drive in runs. Suarez hits homers. Uh, France is a good hitter. Julio's gonna, you know, gonna be a star for a lot of years. Kellenic looks really good, but I, I just look at this group of of, of players. Raleigh, he's gonna hit some big home runs for you. I just don't think we can expect more than this group gives us. I mean, they're at the bottom of the offense last year in all the categories. They're at the bottom this year, or not in the not not in the upper half of any offensive category. I think this group of players. I don't think is ever going to be an offensive, offensive team. I think they're going to be what they are. They're going to do certain things very well. They're going to play defense. They're going to pitch. That's how they're going to win. Until they change the dynamic of that offense and the personnel, I, I don't think you're going to look for a t- for the, this Mariner team, this particular group of guys, to be a top-tier offensive team. I just don't think it's in the cards. Well, Booney, at least we're talking baseball with you right now because June 15th last year, remember what we were doing? We were trying to spend an, as much time possible with you on the air before we talked about remember, the Mariners. Yeah, we were, right. We it were was looking, that we bad. Were looking, we were looking the other way, right? Lou Pinella right, stories. We, yeah, Lou Pinella stories. That's so, what, by the way, Skip. Lou's going to be at the All-Star Game, so. Oh, great. Right, great news. Yeah, yeah so, so my question is, is it uh, where are we in your mind compared to where we were last year at this time as far as the ability to pull out of it and still make the playoffs? I think it's tougher this year. Okay. I think it's tougher this year. I think it was a different dynamic last year. I think the schedule was different. It wasn't an even schedule. It was you play within your division a lot, and you had an opportunity to take advantage and, and kind of – you had the division in your own hands. I think this year is different because of the even playing field. You're playing everybody equally. Uh, they're nine out in the in the division, and and it wouldn't be at this stage of the game. That isn't panic time to me. If 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 I didn't see a couple teams at the top of the division that are really good, and it's not like you just got to go beat the Texas Rangers. You just have to beat the Astros. You just have to beat a better, by the way, Angels team. You got to beat all three of them if you're even talking about the division. Then you go down to the wild card position. They're five out in the wild card, and you're going to have to leapfrog three guys just to get into the wild card. So that, to me, makes it a little tougher than it was a year ago. I think we're looking at a different scenario, especially in the wild card. Right. So I think it's going to be tougher this year. I'm not saying it, can, it can't happen. It definitely can happen. we got a lot of, uh, of uh, terrain to cover here, and this team has proven that when it gets hot, it can, it can get hot. So – it's just going to be a tougher road than it was a year ago. It seems like the last two years, you know, two years ago we were talking about, are they going to win 90 games? They did win 90 games. And they quite didn't make the postseason last year. They did. Yep. Uh, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle this year. Not unattainable. But at the same time, I think it's going to be a little tougher road than it was a year ago. All right, Brett Boone, uh, courtesy of Venue Kings. Uh, it was on our show. I don't remember what show. Maybe it was the show before us, the Ian Furness 1-3 to three extravaganza who mentioned that the St. Louis Cardinals are terrible. Uh, they stink. Jackson, yep. you had the stat about the 500 seasons for the Cardinals in the last 20 years. What was that again? One season below 500 since 1999. Since 99. Wow. That is incredible. Wow. Well, Paul Goldschmidt has got one year left on his contract after this year. That's prime right. Jerry DePoto trade meet Absolutely. right there. Would you make <laughs> a run at Paul Goldschmidt and stick him in your DH spot? If if Paul Goldschmidt and he's a Gold Glover, isn't he at first base? Right. 
I don't think he's going to agree to that DH spot. Okay. A lot of guys don't want to just go DH, and if they're physically capable and they're good defenders, you don't just say, oh, and we're going to DH it. No, I'll go sign somewhere else where they don't want to DH me. So you're going to have to leave that open okay. to, hey, if you want to play first base here, you're Paul Goldschmidt, you play wherever you want to play. All right, then put That's Ty France at DH. Pitch. Yeah, why not? Correct, correct. That's got to be the pitch. And, and France can play a couple days a week. But but if Goldschmidt signs a contract here, he's been a perennial MVP guy. He's not going to sign and say, oh, yeah, I'll just go to DH. No, he's going to have plenty of teams vying for his services that say, Paul, you can play wherever you want if you sign here. You can play short. So uh, I don't think that's a thing where he's moving it. Paul Goldschmidt, I think, at this stage of the game, if he continues to play like he plays, yep. he'll decide when he goes to and becomes a DH. Well, uh, maybe you don't worry about what happens in 25 and just say, hey, we're bringing you here. We're going to stick you in the DH spot. And if you leave after 24, yeah. then see ya. Well, he'll be 37 <laughs> in 24. Yeah. You don't want to sign him to right. a four-year deal anyway. And if he helps you win the World Series, who gives a deal? Right. right, whatever. All right. I, I think this offseason, whatever we do, you know, I, I think it's getting to a point where, you know, we prove we got some excitement back in that city. We've really got to make a, you know, we really got to make a splash in a big capacity. One that everybody says, whoa, look at the Mariners. I'd love to see that happen. They got the money to do it. I'd love to see them do it. And let's not count it out as if these guys can catch catch a hot streak. Uh, and, and a month from now, we're sitting there going, hey, they're looking pretty good. They had a hell of a month. They're weaving their way. They're one out of the wild card. Well, now it's the trading deadline. We got to make a splash. Got to do something that tells that city. We're going for it. It doesn't mean you win the World Series, but it means everybody's happy that we did everything we could yep. and ownership's got these kids back. All right, listen, we're late. we got to run. John Miller, that uh, long-awaited interview with John is on your podcast. Uh, it's up and running. Check out the Boone 29 on Twitter for a direct link to Booney's conversation with John <laughs> Miller uh, on, the, uh, on the podcast. Great stuff, dude. We'll talk in a week. Thanks, See buddy. you, man. You got it, guys. Thank you. All right, Brett Boone with us. We're going to break. Dwayne Casey will join us. Talk a little basketball at 6 p.m. tonight right here on 93.3 KJRFM. Tell Google or Alexa to play 93.3 KJR on iHeartRadio. The app is free, and it's your ticket to Seattle's sports leader. Now, back to Softy and Dick on Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. Ikusino continues. Brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. Ikusino Thursday. The betting capital, the PNW, come down to the beautiful EQC Sportsbook to bet, watch, and win on all the games. For those that don't know how this works, every Thursday, for the foreseeable future, uh, every hour we're giving away $100 on the radio show. Uh, If we don't give it away, then it rolls over to the next hour and somebody could win $200. Nobody wins that, they could win three, and so on, and so on, and so on, and so on, all day long. So how you enter is easy. If you have thumbs on a cell phone, you can play the game. Uh, text in your first and last name, the city you're from, to 49451 right now. And we got a chance for you to win at 6 p.m. today $200 because Jimmy, nobody knows how to say his last name, never called back at 5 o'clock. So we're one for three today I will on say, the radio show. Charles did eventually text back just yeah. in the last half hour, and he said, Damn, I was out of the truck for a minute. Well, that's your problem. All right? All you had to do there, Chuckles. Take your phone out. Is listen to the show for 30 seconds at 3 o'clock, oh. and you would have heard your stupid name called, oh. and you could have had $100. You know, he could have just gone to the iHeartRadio app, just 
Clicked on KJR and when he's out of the truck, stuck it in his pocket and listened to his name being called. It's not that difficult. The delay on the iHeart app is only four minutes and 45 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) You would have had at least 15 seconds to call us back and grab your prize. So, hey, look, I'm, I'm more pissed off at the fact that we did not have a winner on the show. I mean, Charles, look, I would have been great to give you the money, but I I, I want to go four for four yeah. every single day. pride at stake. And the best we can do is 50%. All right? So, uh, listen, uh, top of the hour, 6 p.m., we'll have one more shot. Somebody is going to have a crack at $200 cash, courtesy of the EQC at 6 p.m. tonight in the EQC note contest. So text them in right now, your first and last name, the city you're from, to 49451. Right now, we'll announce a winner at 6 p.m. tonight. So Brett Boone was with us last segment, and he said he thinks the Mariners have to go out and make a deal to make a splash. That's the quote you're talking about, yes. right? All right. Yes. So I think my radar went up. Your radar went up. Absolutely. Jackson was sleeping, so his radar was already off anyway. Yeah. Uh, what do we make of the idea the Mariners have to make a move to make a splash? I think he's right because they have to change the perception. Now, it's my perception that they are actually trying to win, but I understand that I'm in the minority. I agree wholeheartedly with the way Jerry Depoto is trying to build this team. But I also know for a fact that the majority of Mariner fans Mm -hmm. don't think they're doing enough. And and some Mariner fans think they don't even care about winning and that they won't spend money. I completely disagree with those fans, but I understand that that perception is out there. Since when have you disagreed with that? (laughs) What? I do believe they're trying to win. I like the way they're going about doing it. However, having said that, it's a shame that you can have back-to-back seasons of 90 wins, right. including a playoff run, and have this much negativity directed towards the franchise, yeah. and they need to change that. We need to all be in this together. We need to be positive together going forward. <laughs> and I think a big I think a big move at the deadline, something like a all Paul right. Goldschmidt, right. would help at least convince the fans that don't believe they're yeah. trying that yeah. they are actually trying. Okay, Jackson, you want to retort to that? Uh, um, in a lot of ways, I do agree with you. I, they they do need to make a splash. It's for the reasons, right? They need to make a splash because right now they're a 500 team. And very simply, regardless of what fans think, who cares about what fans think, this is a team that won 90 games the last two years. They got to the playoffs. And if you don't want to lose faith and make everybody who jumped on the bandwagon yeah. immediately jump right off the bandwagon, yeah. if you want to be a decent baseball team again and not just you know slump back into mediocrity, you need to get a bat in order to get to the playoffs, plain and simple. I would love to have a bat that is also on the roster next year. I agree. That's why I think the Goldschmidt thing would be great. Uh, but even a Carlos Santana type right. would help. Well, just anybody to inject some life into the offense, yes. right? That's what you're looking for. What what you're looking for is when your number one starter has an off night and walks six guys and goes five and two-thirds. Can your offense pick him up, right? And this offense isn't capable right now of doing that. I actually... What Brett said about this offense will never be good enough to do something like that, I think they can be because I think the offense is better now than it was a year ago on paper. They're just not performing. They're slightly better. They're not better enough, if that makes any sense, to compete and win a World Series championship. But they are with their pitching staff. Their bullpen is phenomenal. Their starting pitching can be phenomenal. No question about that. So, Look, guys, I I just think this. I I think the fact that they won 90 games in back-to-back years doesn't really do a lot for me 
because the only reason why it would resonate with a Mariner fan is because they've sucked for 20 years. That's why, right? Like, we talked about this, I think, Dick, on Monday's show, that... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You don't want to make Jerry and Scott responsible for what happened the previous 20 seasons. That's right. And you're exactly right about that. All right. They weren't here. But people do. Okay. But hang on a second. And you're right that they do. I think they also take it out of the ownership group who's been here since the mid to early 90s. But I also think, as I said Monday, one of the reasons why we're so impressed by what has happened the last two years is because of what's happened the last 20 years. If this was a baseball team that had been to the playoffs six times between 2000 and 2019 and been to the World Series maybe, maybe been to a couple of World Series titles or uh, uh, appearances. I don't think anybody in this town is sitting around going bananas over winning 90 games in back-to-back seasons. The reason why it stands out is because they stunk for 20 years. So on one hand, we don't want to blame Jerry and Scott for what happened the previous 20, which I absolutely agree with. Ridiculous to blame them for what happened before they got here. But part of the reason why we're going bananas over a playoff spot is because it was the first time in 22 years that it happened. Well, what impresses me is that Jerry DePoto can take a team that went 68 and 94 the year before COVID and finish 39 games out of first place and publicly come out and say, I'm going to tear it down and I'm going to build it back up. And then we had the COVID year, they go 500. And then in the first full year after he said, I'm going to tear it down and build it back up, they win 90 games. And then the year after that, they win 90 more and they go to the playoffs. And yet many, many Mariner fans look at him and just go, and I'm like, that's, that's an incredible accomplishment what he's pulled off in the last three years. I he think, went from yeah, 68 yeah. and 94 right, right. to back-to-back 90-win seasons. I think it's even more incredible, and it really is incredible, if they back it up with a World Series appearance. So yeah. if this is as good as it gets, who cares? Yeah. If this I is agree. as good as it gets for Jerry and Scott, then they'll be remembered for turning it around, bringing some respectability back. But who really yeah, gives a damn in the end about that? So your argument, Dick, if you can just hang out for a couple of years and they go to a World Series, mm-hmm. then you can go back and you can say, look at the timeline. They went from A to right. B to C to D, and here they are. So they really need to back this. They they, they got to finish the job. That's right. They're right now. They're, finish the job. Right now, they're right? the Dennis Erickson Seahawks. They're the Steve Sarkeesian Huskies. Finish the job. They need to become the Chris Peterson Huskies. Okay, well, Dennis Erickson had to make way for Mike Holmgren to finish the job. Yep. Steve Sarkeesian had to make way for Chris Peterson to finish well, the job. Well, he chose to make way right, for but Chris Peterson. But he made, they moved on. It, it, his choice, whatever. Yeah. Chris Peterson stepped in and took it to the next level. Mm-hmm. So can Jerry and Scott do that? Can they really go from the bottom to the top on their own? Or do they need to go to the bottom, 
Take it to maybe the ninth floor of a 20-story building or a 10-story building and then have somebody else come in. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Yep. So they got to finish the gig, dude. 541, Dwayne Casey will join us at 6 p.m. Uh, right here on 93.3 KJRFM. Tell Google or Alexa to play 93.3 KJR on iHeartRadio. The app is free, and it's your ticket to Seattle's sports leader. Now, back to Softy and Dick on Sports Radio 93.3 KJR-FM. I'm going to read you a quote here, and I want you to tell me who said it. Okay, Uh-oh. It's a new right. game called Who Said It with Softy and Dick every day at 548 p.m. Okay. I'm kidding. Like it. Uh, here's the quote. Quote, we've lost the Raiders. The Warriors moved to San Francisco, and now they're going to take the A's out of Oakland. Damn them all to hell. End quote. Who said that? Any idea who said that? Marshawn? Right? <laughs> Marshawn and then GP were That'd my be two. a hell of a guess, but that would be incorrect. <laughs> it is not Marshawn Lynch. And by the way, Marshawn could not go that many words without profanity. That's so fair. there's no way that That's was Marshawn Lynch. But good guess, though. Did you see him on Stars yeah. on Mars, by the way? Uh, yeah, so I did. Good. Very he funny. swears like every five oh. words. It's very right. funny. So, Dick, who said uh, that? Not who, GP. Who? Nope, no Gary Payton. Who had that quote? Uh, I don't know. Concord, California native Tom Hanks said that, by the oh, really? way. Really? About the ownership group of the A's. Damn them all to hell. I mean, it sucks, man. They lost the hockey team in the 70s. They lost the Raiders. They lost the Warriors. Now they're going to lose the A's. Uh, They've been fighting for a new stadium for a long, long time, but we know what it's like to lose a franchise, and I think we all agree it's horrible. Sucks. Was it worth it to play hardball, though, honestly? Was it worth it for Oakland's government, uh, city council to play hardball for the last 30 years if you're going to lose everything? Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know enough about the details of the story. I I know that there were some offers on the table that were denied and turned down by the A's ownership. I know there were offers made by the A's ownership that were turned down by the Oakland city government. So it sounds like kind of everybody is to blame in a Mm -hmm. little bit of a way, but I I just think that in the end, when you've got a stadium that's that decrepit for that long a time... To let it keep going and going and going and going without doing anything about it. I mean, dude, they, they are lucky that nobody got hurt, for God's sakes, in that thing. You got you got rodents on the walls of the broadcast booth. You got human poop in the dugout. Yeah. Honestly, Surprise at what point fall. do you just say this thing should be condemned, man? Yeah. It's terrible. Well, we know, we know how they feel. We absolutely know how they feel. Every Sonic fan knows how uh, a guy like Brody Brazil feels. And I'll play a cut here. He is the host of the A's pregame and postgame on NBC Sports California, and this was his uh, pregame show tonight. I want to be clear, this is not the ultimate uh, relocation news, um, but it is a pivotal step, a defining step in this process. I just want to share something uh, today, just in San Ramon with my son. Here we go. Uh, saw I, knew, kid, I knew this was coming. I saw a kid wearing an A's hat. Mm-hmm. And uh, to think that in 10 years, you won't be seeing that uh, around here, it's tough to, tough to swallow. It's, uh, it's something becoming extinct. It's been around here all my life, most of your life, and you won't see it. That'll be, be like an Expos hat. You know, the A's hat around here will be like an Expos hat. And, um, yeah, sorry. 
Sorry, not sorry, to be honest. That on the heels of tonight's news that Nevada Governor Joe Lombardo signed the Senate bill, the A's Las Vegas Stadium funding bill, into law. So all they need now is uh, relocation, for relocations, approval from Major League Baseball, which they will undoubtedly get. No, no question. They're gone. Uh, They're out the door. Uh, Maybe one day an expansion team comes back. I have no idea. Uh, But look, man, uh, this is another example of why. In the end, the fans are the only consistent thing about sports because teams will come and teams will go. And, you know, you sit here right now thinking about the Seahawks, for example, and how how much the city's in love with them. Well, they were in love with the Sonics, too, back in the day. And you and I at that NBA Finals in 96, if I would have told you that day that after we beat Utah that they're going to be in Oklahoma City in 12 years, there's no party you would have bought that and you would have said I was an absolute idiot. So who knows what the Seahawks will do down the road? The Mariners will do down the road. It's why I don't understand. Well, I do understand it because nobody wants to be criticized. I get that. But I will always back the fans when it comes to their criticisms of sports teams because in the end, the only thing you have left is your voice. You can go to as many games as you want, but if there's a better deal out there for a billionaire owner, they're going to take it and run with it every Mm -hmm. single time. These franchises look at us as commodities they look at us as dollar signs they really do and you know what look they want all the praise and they want all all the um nice things and niceties to be said about them when things are going well but when things are going poorly they want us to zip it and keep our mouths closed and bottle up the passion so i would just say live your life as a fan the way you want to live it man whatever that looks like dude because this is disgusting it is absolutely disgusting that these fans, who I think are really good fans in yeah. Oakland, yeah, I think so. they've just been beaten to death by this franchise the last maybe 15 years or so. All right, we're going to break. Dwayne Casey's going to join us, uh, talk some basketball. Uh, does he hear anything in the grapevine about Seattle and the NBA coming back? Speaking of fans getting screwed, next on 93.3 KJRFM. I got to tell you, first of all, I, I saw a story uh, a couple weeks ago on the web about you. And I could not believe it, and I had to call you to make sure this is accurate. Did you really say at the age of 65 that you're done coaching, that you're putting coaching behind you, and you're going to be a front office executive and wear a suit and have a 9-to-5 job? Is that true? <laughs> well, I don't know about the retire from coaching part. If if you said that, hey, you wanted me to come and coach your university or your, your pro team, I, I'd probably – Let's sit down and talk about it. But uh, soft, the thing where I went through this year, you know, you're going through a rebuild. You got a few more years on my contract. But as far as, you know, it, it does take a toll on you. And the owner and I came, got together and said, look, you know, I'd love for you to do what you want to do. Do you want to do this again? You know, or if you don't, you, you can come up and go to the front office and, and you know, talked about it with my family and, and it, it was getting tougher, you know, as far as just going through the rebuild and where we were and what the future, the plans of building, continue to build where we are. So uh, taking a step aside, going to the front office, uh, doing a little bit of everything softy, trying to learn that just to see. Uh, but you never say never as far as getting back into coaching at whatever level or wherever it is. But right now I like to see what the front office brings and, and learn a little bit about, you know, the management part of the game. And I was 15 years as a, as a head coach in the league and, you know, almost 30 as a, and as, as a, you know, all together. So, uh, you know, it, it's going to be fun to grow and to try to learn something new. 
Well, Coach, it's been amazing looking at these NBA coaches like yourself, coach of the year in the NBA, and how many of them only keep their jobs for like two or three years after they win coach of the year in the NBA. Now, what is going on in this league? Jake, I'll tell you what. The day I say uh, I would say I won one coach of the year by the coaches, I won both two. The one I won from the coaches, uh, the two days later, I was fired in Toronto. Wow. All right. And then about a week later, I got the, the NBA coach of the year from the league uh, out in L.A. at the show and all that. And the day before, I had just gotten the job in, in Detroit. So, uh, it does, you, you know, if they say you wanna, you're going to win the coach of the year, don't take it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's something to it, even though you know you've done a good job and, Yep, and you work. You know, you worked hard, and usually, and it's unfortunate in our league that it usually means that you've overachieved, and to to overachieve again and again or whatever it is, is usually um, you know a sign of that. Most coaches overachieve, and then they, if they don't overachieve again, uh, they you know lose their jobs or whatever it is. So uh, it, it's it's uh, you know unfortunate about our league, but again, if they they say coach of the year. Uh, don't take it yeah kiss of death without question well <laughs> Dwayne Casey is with us on the radio show uh people around these parts know you as a former assistant under George Carl and I got to ask you about the coaching matchup that we just saw in the NBA finals because uh, I think it'd be easy for someone to say where you know Michael Malone was more impressive than Spolstra because they won the title well Spolstra had an eight seed that went to the NBA finals so Tell me about the coaching jobs that you just saw uh, in the finals between these two guys. Well, Eric Spost is one of the top coaches uh, in our league. And again, and it probably won't going to go down as one of the top in the history of the game at some point. Uh, he took a team, you talk about overachieving. You know, they got seven undrafted players on that team, guys that we all overlooked at some point that didn't draft. And so for him to take that team with, along with Jimmy Butler, I had Kyle Lowry in, in Toronto, and, and to take an older Kyle, you know, at 37 years old, coming off injuries, and then take them to the conference fi- uh, to the league finals uh, is a hell of a coaching job. Uh, but I would also say that Michael Malone, going into this year, Softy and Dick, that everybody said that they were a terrible defensive team that couldn't, couldn't hold water, and, and, you know, and I thought they put on one of the best defensive performances in the in throughout the playoffs and I, I attribute that to michael malone's coaching his motivation uh he did a great job of taking advantage of Jokic's size and length uh, and made him a decent defender he's not great he's decent but he always put him in position where he didn't have to do a lot and uh so and also to you guys remember calvin booth yeah who was the general manager for that team who played for us there in in seattle uh, did a heck of a job of adding pieces. They added Bruce Brown uh, to that group. They drafted uh, Ben Br- the Br- Brown kid from Kansas, who were both big time contributors in the in the final in the finals. So uh, it all came together. But I will say that both coaches, if that's fair, did a heck of a job of getting their team there. And I think in the end, I don't think it was coaching. In the end, I think at the end, talent took over. Talent finally overcame Miami as far as uh, Jokic, Jamal Murray, uh, KCP, Michael Porter from there in Seattle. 
all that type of talent, you know, that first round lottery talent finally came around and took over the game. Where has Jokic uh, placed himself in the pantheon of the all-time great centers now that he's got a ring? Uh, I'll tell you what, he's right there at the top. I mean, you, uh, we all remember Kareem. Uh, you know, we, I barely remember Wilt, but you remember, you know, I didn't remember in his prime. But I, I, and we all respect and love Bill Russell. But uh, of talent-wise, I don't know of a big man that has the entire package that Jokic has. And I say that with all the respect to all the big men in the game today, but that gentleman, he, he shoots the three, he can post you up, he can pass, and again, he can defend. He used, he's smart enough to use his size and length to defend. And he can't jump over a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> but, he, but, but he can do all those things with less effort, with less, like he, you know, he doesn't put stress on his body. And if you look at him, he looks like, you know, he's, he's barely jumping, barely running. So, again, he's also going to be able to do this for a long time because he's not putting a lot of stress on his body. So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, as long as I've been in basketball in the league, He's going to go down as one of the best that ever big men to yeah. ever play the game. Well, Dwayne Casey is with us, and and Dwayne, it's funny the the question Dick asked you about the Joker. I could see somebody in maybe fifteen years asking that same question about Victor Wembanyama. You know, where does this guy yeah. stand on the pantheon of right. great centers in the history of the NBA? I'm a little <laughs> concerned about the guy's weight. He's a beanpole for God's sakes. I mean, his body looks like my pinky finger for crying out loud. But right. when you see this kid. What do you see on the court out of him? Well, we we just got a gut punch because we, you know, yeah, I hadn't forgot how to coach him, but we had the worst record in the league to hoping that we had a chance to get this guy. Yeah, but uh, I, he's very talented. But unlike the one thing that, like most young men in the league coming into the NBA, have to get stronger. Uh, and I'm sure that that whoever drafts him, whether it's you know, I'm, I, I would say it's going to be San Antonio. Uh, that's going to take him and, and really work with him, be smart about what, you know, how fast they put weight on him, how fast they try to make him stronger, because you're not going to change his body overnight. Uh, but it, it'll be a process, and I know that San Antonio's got a great medical staff and physical uh, you know, uh, conditioning staff that's going to do a great job of, of really taking their time and molding his body. Because, again, it's, it, you know, Everybody there remembers Chet Holmgren. Yep. And it's a physical league, and it doesn't take a lot. So, and I know OKC's done a heck of a job of getting him bigger and stronger. So, I think that's going to be the the. It, but as far as skills, uh, guys, there's he's probably as skilled a big guy as a guy like Jokic. As far as passing, you know, blocking, he's probably a better shot blocker than Jokic. Um, you know, again, he, he's not Jokic, but he has some of those same early skills that is that ball skills that Jokic has. Uh, and again, that's just a tribute to the day's game that all the big guys now are playing like guards. Well, coach, you got to be excited because you're building your team organically with Cunningham and Ivy and whoever you get uh, with the fifth pick this year. And looking at the last three champions in the NBA, Nuggets. Warriors without Durant and Bucks of the last three champions, they've all built their franchises, their championship franchise, the way you're trying to do it, not by buying super teams. Right, no, no question. And that's, you know, 
and it goes to Troy Weaver, our general manager, and our owner, Tom Gores. Uh, we made the decision, you know, two years ago, three years ago to do it. Once Blake Griffin went down and, and uh, we moved him, and then we moved Andre Drummond. Uh, and so we started from scratch. We took it down to the, to the nub. And so uh, that's what we plan to do. We got Cade Cunningham, an excellent young player who unfortunately missed last year, sort of like what Michael Porter Jr. went through, missed the entire season, and uh, Jamal Murray, and came back stronger. And we're, we're you know, we're, he's on track to come back full strength this year. Yep. Uh, Jay Nivey is going to be one of the top young guards. I don't want to call him a point guard, but he's an all-around guard with speed and quickness, shooting the three. And then Jalen Dern, uh, the seven, six, eleven, seven-foot kid from Memphis, who's just 19 years old, mm. and uh, is going to be a force once he grows up and continues to grow. So, and we hired Monty Williams as our head coach. So, uh, it's a lot, a lot of positive things. But unfortunately, you know, those older guys and those older teams don't feel sorry for you. And uh, you know, but again, it, it, the last couple of years has been about growth. And we've had a couple of all-rookie players the last two years, two years in a row. So hopefully those two, those four all-rookie players that we have turn into all-pro players at some point. Yeah, if you need a loan, by the way, Monty Williams is your guy because the Pistons just <laughs> gave him like a billion dollars to be their new head coach. Uh-huh. But Dwayne Casey's uh-huh. with us. Dwayne, before you go, we got like a minute left. I got to ask you, man, uh, when the new media rights deal is done, uh, whenever that is with the NBA, is there kind of an assumption around the league that the league is going to expand? Well, we hope so, Dick. It's one of those things that I know we all, all, everyone around the NBA, especially us that have strong ties, are still living in Seattle in the offseason. And, it, it, you know, it's, it, it's, it's ripe, it's ready. They have a great arena there. The fan support is second to none. And I've been in, you know, I've either coached to play, you know, coaching all the markets, uh, the the assets, the, everything that is all there in Seattle ready to go. And, you know, the league has done a good job of, of being patient. And hopefully at some point, and that's the vibe right now, but again, it's above my pay grade. Yep. But the vibe is that, you know, hopefully – Seattle and Vegas are two two great markets that uh, the league can expand to. And again, I, I don't know. You know, again, it's up to Adam and Mark Tatum to to make that announcement, or or if there is an uh, thoughts of doing it. But uh, that's the vibe around the league. And I do know that Seattle is a great market and ready for another NBA team. I love it, Dwayne. You're the man. Great to hear your voice. Enjoy the rest of the off season, and we'll catch up down the road. All right, Coach. Thanks, Coach. That'd be great. See you later, Softy. See you, Dick. All right, man. Good stuff from Dwayne Casey. Always fun to hear his voice. We'll get a break. A lot more to get to on a busy Thursday night right here on Softy and Dick. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.